0: It's just about-
1: it.
2: the weekly review with roman today it's friday december 11th 2020 thank you so much for tuning in we're broadcasting live from new radio we're in san francisco which sits on the unceded ancestral homeland of the ramitush ohlone peoples who are the original inhabitants of the san francisco peninsula and i would like folks who are listening to please check out our land acknowledgement page at weeklyrev.org you can, t- you can click on the land acknowledgement tab and there there are links um, including land maps, mutual aid projects, as well as a way to donate to this Agorite land trust, which is based out of the East Bay um, m- history and a lot more information. So again, please check out weeklyrev.org forward slash land acknowledgement or er, land dash acknowledgement. You'll find it at the page. Thanks so much for tuning in. Oh my, what a week, right? I say that every week. It's, I think I've canceled myself out then because I say that I've been saying that for the past seven years that we've been doing the show here like wow what a what a rough week and that does not uh doesn't stop however I feel lucky to be here and to be able to share some news it's depressing news it's frustrating and also it's important just to check in and to acknowledge what's happening because I feel like the very least I can do is acknowledge what's happening uh share it with folks and then Find ways to fight back. And a lot of people are fighting back, so this is by no means the the first step. It's just uh, wanting to record and acknowledge what's happening, so if and when folks listen in the future, there's a a record of what has been going on. And today's this week's show is uh, focused mostly stories here in the United States, uh, there's a lot of terrible things that are happening. But don't turn off the radio just yet. We'll be playing some music. Not that music undoes the horrors of the world. However, it makes it more bearable? Question mark? It does, though. Start started off with uh, a Talking head song I hadn't heard in a long time, so I thought I'd play that. Born Under Punches, The Heat Goes On. That's from 1980. It's a while ago. And then following that up was Pearl Jam with 7 O'Clock. And the music I'll be playing on the show today is from uh, selections from a playlist protest albums of 2020 I found on Spotify. So let me actually click on it here, see if I can provide more information. It was created by Matt Ward, Matt with one T. So there's 204 songs. I won't be playing all those. I just uh, haven't heard most of these, many of these, all of these. So I just selected them based on title and also randomly. So we'll be playing them throughout the show. So it's good to have breaks and to Acknowledge what's happening and also recognize there's so many great artists out there and musicians, and sometimes news and events are easier to take in musical or art form. So we'll be playing that, sharing that throughout the show. I did want to play some excerpts from a Board of Supervisors meeting here in San Francisco that happened on Wednesday of this week. And I didn't quite get a chance, I listened to a lot of it, I didn't get a chance to. Fully go through them all. However, thought I would just play an excerpt here, and this is from the Budget and Finance Committee. A lot of folks have been calling in, as is the history here of, or it seems like it for the Board of Supervisors. A lot of folks call in, really just demanding that folks be taken care of. Again, it's you know you would think that it's not a lot to ask for that uh, people in the city have shelter, um, police don't kill people. You know, it's like basic. Really basic needs. I don't understand what's controversial about it. However, there are some people who are like, I need to be upset about something that's not really wrong. And they're like, oh, we got to fund the police more because they're just afraid of, I don't know, people having self-determination. I don't know. It's easier for folks, I guess, to be angry at the poor than to be angry at billionaires who hoard money. I get it. I mean, I don't... It's just there's so much propaganda. It's not an... I just... It's fucking frustrating, and people are dying, and especially in a city that has so much wealth, and we have all these empty units. There's, like, vacant units here. Folks, I say this pretty much every week. I feel like I go on the same fucking rant, but it just boggles my mind that there can be empty units here that somehow police, real estate folks, whomever, they feel the need to keep it empty as opposed to having people live in there, people who need shelter. And then they get angry at p- people for living on the street. It's like, where? What, no. It makes me so fucking angry. And I know I'm not alone in this. It's just also, it doesn't make any sense to me. It really doesn't. And it's really fucked up. And it's unfair and it's unjust. And it's completely preventable. Everyone in the city could be housed right now if certain people in positions of power just was like, oh yeah, sure, let's do that. Or landlords were like, oh yeah, sure. No one's living here, why not? I mean, it shouldn't, the fact that we're in a pandemic I think makes it even more urgent, but it shouldn't have even, this should have been, people should have been housed even prior to the pandemic. And also if people had been housed prior to the pandemic, it wouldn't be as difficult right now. It's just stupid, 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 stupid. Anyway, those are my feelings on it. And I will comment that in Portland if folks were following in Portland, there was one family that was at risk of being evicted and the, of course the, the cops went in to evict a family from their house, which is just like what do you how do you look at yourself in the mirror every day and be like, okay my job is to tear people from their their housing That's what like I can't how, how no Ugh. anyway so many Portlanders went out and formed a blockade of sorts, from what I've read, and were able to push the cops back a little bit, and also, and prevent the eviction, and also part of, many people were av- were arrested. However, um, in addition, folks also were able to provide a GoFundMe, so folks, so, so the family could stay in their house, and they were able to raise enough money for that to happen. And in an ideal world, folks wouldn't have to raise money, you know, it would just be like, oh, sure, stay in this house, who cares? Like, that should just be it, but. Um, so that's a positive story is that folks get to stay in their house and just, um, and also the folks who came together, I think, to push back. And that's what community defense looks like. Okay. <sighs> I'm going to, uh, I always say that's. Uh, I want to share other people's voices on the show. So um, here we go. You can also find this video at sf. Oh, san francisco.granicus.com. I think you can also find it with sfgovtv.org around there type in sfgovtv, tv and this is the this is a few selections from the board of supervisors budget and finance committee rescheduled meeting i know it's exciting i know you're all like oh my gosh i'm gonna get some popcorn i'm gonna stream this on my giant tv i know it's a real exciting thing so you're welcome
3: hello
4: board of supervisors my name is eric rozell and i live and work in the tenderloin i'm here to support the legislation to set set the rents at no more than 30 percent of income and in all permanent supportive housing sites and to make funding available to implement this by 2021 and 2022 budget cycle as we know many of the tenants who are affected by the these rent burdens are people of color seniors and people with disabilities, so a failure to improve this legislation will further the inequity gap and put vulnerable people at greater danger of being unhoused. Please vote yes on this legislation and to get rents down to 30% of income for all permanent supporting housing tenants. Housing Thank you. I yield my time.
5: Thank you for your comments. Next speaker, please.
6: Oh my God,
7: is this my turn? Yes, please, please. Hello. Okay, thank you. Hi, my name is Carolina Morales, and I am um, currently a student of the Master's in Social Work at Berkeley. I've been a resident in San Francisco for the past 19 years, and I'm also a Policy Fellow at the San Francisco District Attorney's Office. And I'm here today on behalf of myself And as a former um, uh, service provider for queer and trans survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault, I think it's very important to vote yes on this legislation to cap supportive housing rents at 30% because assault survivors and other survivors leaving with trauma are particularly vulnerable to unemployment and homelessness. And it's really important that we support ending the cycle of violence that makes survivors constantly vulnerable to these um, repeated incidents by protecting the safety of their homes. That's really, really critical, particularly for domestic violence survivors. So please vote yes on this very effective comment. Thank you for your comments.
6: Next speaker, please. Hi, this is Jennifer Revees. Hello, Board of Supervisors. I live in Rafael Mendelman's district in San Francisco. I am also calling in strong support of Supervisor Haney's legislation to set the rents at no more than 30% of income in all permanent supportive housing sites, Um, make this funding available to implement by the 2021-22 budget cycle. As others have said, this is common sense. Uh, we have a very bloated and excessive budget dedicated to law enforcement. That's a great place to pull from. Um, and again, just urging you to please uh, support the legislation uh, that will set rents at no more than 30% of income in all permanent supportive housing sites. Thank you so much. Thank you for your comments. miss Speaker, please.
3: supervisor I want to firstly say that I appreciate the opportunity to speak in reaction to uh, this, this proposal <clears throat> and I'm happy to see both Matt Heaney and Shaman Walton on the line here my, my supervisors uh, where I live and my business and I want to say that this seems essential and much cheaper than the other methods that we might take to resolve this. So when we when we see this, what we really see is a prevention for homelessness and uh, the opportunity to divert uh, funding away from other more costly sources, whether they be through incarceration or, or policing or health care once we've ended these people on the streets, or or again, as, as we see this contrast between hospitals and hotels. So I, I'm really encouraging the city to put its budgetary money where its values are and and value our people, the health care of the people and the, the housing of the people rather than oppressing people. So I'm asking you to please, again, support this proposal and uh, please find the money for it by defunding SFPD as much as possible because... That is an institution that is not keeping us.
5: Thank you for your comments, sir. Next speaker, please.
6: Hello. Hi, please hello. Please. Um, can you hear me? Hello, Board of Supervisors, my name is Caroline Poyawin. I work and survive in San Francisco. I'm here to support the legislation to the rent at no more than 30% of income in all permanent supportive housing sites and to make funding available to implement this by 2021-22 budget cycle. As an essential worker here in San Francisco, I spend most days keeping up the function of the city. As an individual, I volunteer my time and energy to the city with community work and social justice the arts and healing. As a mother, I'm working relentlessly at raising three San Francisco natives into compassionate, kind, and creative human beings in order to contribute back into the communities of the city. Yet I am struggling to attain housing in this very city I serve. With this legislation, it would make it possible for individuals, families, communities, the driving force of San Francisco, which is the heart of the people, to continue to keep the city the thriving culturally rich place to built. Also, Although I'm my, um, in, um, in disa- healing myself being on um, disability, I cannot to afford to that's live that's on line. the means alone and forced to work to survive to get the place. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker, please.
5: Hi, supervisors. My name is Brandy Markman. I'm the co-chair of San Francisco Bernie Crafts. San Francisco Bernie Crafts is requesting the Budget Committee um, demonstrate empathy and compassion by unanimously supporting the Supervisor Heaney's legislation. This is long overdue. Many of the tenants who are affected by these rent bridges are seniors and people with disabilities, families with young children. This legislation came as a recommendation from the city's our Task Force in 2019. We know that the best, most effective solutions for our community come from the community's these solutions benefit. The youth commission not voted, voted not to only recommend this legislation, but to support the 30 Right Now campaign both times unanimously. As a public school parent, I think it's time for our city to take the demands of our youth seriously and prioritize, not just their, prioritize their demands, not just make ourselves feel good by having these young people on commission. Again, I'm asking the budget and finance committee to send a message to the mayor's office with unanimous yes, especially given the Dickensian t- the levels of poverty in the city. I by time. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker, please.
8: Hello, this is the hub from Defund SFPD now and Hotels Not Hospitals. Um, we have two more speakers. Audrey Benson is first. Hey, good afternoon. I'm Audrey, a neighbor from D9, and I'm asking you to support the 30 Right Now legislation. I'm with Hotels Not Hospitals, a DSA-sponsored mutual aid project that helps me house folks in the short-term in hotels and fight for long-term community-supported housing. Our group has housed seven people so far. One of these folks, my friend, is a black man who's lived in SF for over a decade. Right before the pandemic started, he lost his job and was not able to pay rent and was therefore evicted. He then went to a NAB center or they gave him a bus ticket to Georgia or Arizona. This is how the city treats the folks who built the foundation of this city. About one-third of supportive housing tenants are rent burdened, and about three-fifths of all notices of eviction for non-payment last year were generated against rent burdened tenants. The act of displacement of black, disabled, and elderly folks in our city is disgusting and needs to be countered now. Be on the police, invest in supportive housing, not cops. Pass 30 right now. Thank you.
5: Thank you for your comments. Next speaker.
9: And we have Simone. Hello, Board of Supervisors. My name is Simone Manganielli, and I am a District 8 resident. I live in San Francisco. Um, I am also here to support the uh, 30 Right Now legislation, uh, because this is just common sense legislation uh, to set the rents at no more than 30% of income. This is a federal, uh, it's a federal standard, and it should be applied here. Um, I'm also with Defund SSPD and Hotels Not Hospitals, and we recognize, Defund SSPD now and Hotels Not Hospitals recognize that these problems are interconnected. When the police get so much money, things like supportive housing and, and, and social housing and, and keeping people inside, they don't get funded. So please, I'm asking you to fund 30 right now. We can afford this. Um, if we make cuts to our bloated law enforcement budget, the city spent $8.6 million to police. Public housing tenants that covers the six million dollars legislation why not take money away from killing and maiming black and brown people and put money towards helping black and brown people pay their rent again i'm asking the budget and finance committee to vote yes on the legislation to get rents down at 30 percent of income for all permanent supportive housing tenants thank you
5: thank you for your comments next speaker please
8: Hello, Supervisors, my name is Tim Marie Diamond, and I am calling in support of the 30% Now, of Matt Haney's legislature. And I call in as a person who has experienced this. When I first moved into KCC, I was at 50%, they got the building down to 30%. I was lucky enough to enjoy that. I was lucky enough to find um, some healing and try to go back to work. I am only part-time, I'm permanent disabled. I'm told I would only be able to work part-time. But bringing in an extra $4,000 this year raised my rent $118 a month. I only brought in $3,000 net, 1400 and something of that is gonna go back towards rent. How am I supposed to get ahead in the world? I have experienced homelessness. I was a victim of domestic violence. I have trauma and yet I am trying to work through it to become a viable human being again, which is what we are con- not considered at this time because of how we are treated and the rights that are taken from us. This bill, this room, less than 100 square feet, gets owed $2,215 a month in rent. We should um, have some rent controls, even for speaker those who don't get.
5: Thank you for your comments. Currently, there are 17 callers in the queue and 55 listening. Next speaker, please.
4: Uh, good afternoon, supervisors. My name is Robert Buckman. I live in District Five. I'm calling in support of the "30 Right Now" campaign. Uh, campaign, you know, I, 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 you know, I've seen the homelessness on the streets, and I've seen people lying on the sidewalk. And you know, I, I saw the headline just, I think, yesterday about uh, a, a homeless person who died of a drug overdose. And it's all preventable if we keep people off of you know, from falling into homelessness, we can save lives, and we'll save money doing it. Like this is a much better use of our tax money than paying police. You know, I am I wish we had defunded the police earlier this year when we had the chance. There's still time to do the right thing and to fund this campaign to uh, uh, cap rent at 30% rather than uh, using it to hurt people. So uh, please, I support Supervisor Supervisor Haney's ordinance. Thank you.
2: All right, I'm going to take a bit of a break here. So I really appreciate all the folks calling in and offering their perspective and their voices. We'll be playing some more music, and we'll be back uh, after this. Stay tuned. Welcome back. That was Till the Freedom Comes Home by Shabaka and the Ancestors. Before that, we heard Proud to be a Woman by Armand Amar. And we're going to share a couple more news items here. I think we, we might get back to the Board of Supervisors meeting from Wednesday. Appreciate hearing from all the different voices of folks calling in. And this is, comes from uh, Vessels of Vallejo. On the show, i like to share action items. Uh, there's a lot that's Fucked up in this world, putting it mildly. And there's also ways that folks can contribute and help out. And I think if uh, part of the issue is that sometimes people aren't sure, myself included, not sure what to do. Um, however, there's a lot of different ways that folks can show up. So this is a post from Valeo Vessels. You can follow them on Twitter at Valeo Vessels. And this is about an eviction that's. Uh, Unfortunately scheduled for this Monday, the 14th. Urgent help support Vallejo's unhoused community. Uh, Vallejo for racial justice. Uh, On Monday, December 14th, the county uh, will, uh, that's Solano County, will inhumanely evict dozens of unsheltered folks in Vallejo's largest encampment. Donate to help provide warm clothing, blankets, and other necessities as we help our houseless neighbors transport their belongings. Uh, So some info on what's going on. Uh, The city of Vallejo uh, has been moving unhoused folks to the city's only quote-unquote legal encampment off Highway 37. The city promised that they would be moved to a 125-bed shelter by the end of the year. Now the shelter is not built, but the county still plans to to clear out the camp on Monday, December 14th, and will be providing assistance and transportation to folks on Sunday, December 13th. So, again, you can follow them on Twitter at Vallejo Vessels. Their Venmo is Vessels of Vallejo. That's V-E-S-S-E-L-S-O-F-V-A-L-L-E-J-O. Uh, you can cash app, dollar sign, Vallejo Vessels. And I've shared this also on Twitter, so you can find it as well if you follow me on Twitter, at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R. So, definitely you can help spread the word. You can donate if you're able, uh, donate items if you're able, etc. Okay. Next, ooh clicking clicking on these headlines and I'm like, oof. I should uh, just read them and <sighs> yes. This comes from the SF Bayview and they have a the Bayview has a GoFundMe up to help them stay afloat or in print. We've shared that before on the on the page. However, you can go to sfbayview.com. I'm not sure where the link is at the moment, but yes, please go to sfbayview.com. This is an article that came out on December 10th. San Quentin prison staff forcing prisoners to accept liability for their own deaths from COVID-19. What the fuck? This is written by Courtney Morris and Richard Tan. Uh, No justice under capitalism. San Quentin, California. Prisoners at San Quentin State Prison are reporting that over the past week, San Quentin medical staff have been pressuring prisoners to sign waiver forms accepting legal responsibility for their own deaths from COVID-19 that, despite more than 10 months of continuous neglect and 8th Amendment violations by the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation, which has so far killed 28 prisoners at the prison. Multiple prisoners at San Quentin tell, tell the same story. From December 2nd to 4th, they were taken to the medical unit and pressured by a nurse to accept an unsafe transfer to another California prison. If they refused the transfer, the nurse would then pressure the prisoner to sign a waiver form. The form, see below, states in part, I agree to hold the Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation, the staff of the medical department, and the institution free of any responsibility for injury or complications that may result from my refusal of the transfer. The prisoner is then pressured to initial sentences such as, I understand that due to my age, I am at high risk for developing serious complications from COVID-19. I understand that I have one or more medical conditions that makes me high risk for developing serious complications from COVID-19. I understand that COVID-19 could lead to serious complications such as lengthy hospitalizations or even death, emphasis added. I understand that living in places where individuals are in close contact and physical distancing is difficult to follow, such as prison dormitory, uh, will increase my risk of being infected by COVID-19. Uh, Coercing prisoners to accept legal liability for their own deaths from COVID-19 is truly bizarre, given San Quentin's documented 10-month-long history of continuous indifference to prisoners' lives. (sighs) Since the COVID-19 pandemic began, guards at San Quentin and throughout the California prison system have not worn masks, and they move freely between tiers. And they have an image here of the form that the CDCR requires prisoners to accept liability for their own deaths. A recent October 2020 report by the California Office of the Inspector General states that prison staff frequently do not wear masks and that there has been only one disciplinary action against a staff person during the entire pandemic at San Quentin for not wearing a mask. The waiver form also demands that prisoners accept liability for being medically vulnerable and elderly. In fact, as the San Francisco Chronicle reported on December 6, 2020, CDCR has consistently refused to release at-risk elderly and imm- imm- yeah, excuse me, immunocompromised prisoners, completely ignoring more than 5,200 out of the 6,500 at-risk prisoners in California prisons. Overcrowding at San Quentin is not is also not the fault of individual prisoners. In the gym at San Quentin, CDCR claimed. In June 2020, that prisoners were six feet apart uh, when housed in bunk beds. In actuality, prisoners were only six feet apart if they slept head to toe and the distance was measured diagonally. Following months of public pressure and protests, the First District Court of Appeal in San Francisco issued a decision in re- regarding uh, Ivan Von Steik, uh 56 Cal App 53, Holding that CDCR had violated the Eighth Amendment and ordering San Quentin to reduce its population by 50%, the minimum amount required for social distancing to take place. Instead of accepting responsibility for their criminal neglect, Governor Gavin Newsom and leaders at CDCR are now attempting to shift responsibility for their actions onto the backs of the victims of the state's own incompetence and malfeasance. No Justice Under Capitalism, NJUC, is a coalition working on behalf of prisoners throughout California. NJUC has organized protests in front of San Quentin since May 2020, along with other actions at prisons across the state, in front of CDCR's offices in Sacramento, and in front of Governor Newsom's and CDCR Secretary Diaz's homes. And now they they have a different uh, secretary. I have a pen pal that I I write to who's incarcerated, and and she often asks, you know, what are the updates that the CDCR is uh, sharing as far as rates for people who are incarcerated, and on their page, on the CDCR page, it said there's a different secretary now. And perhaps that's uh, because Diaz got quite a lot of phone calls and emails um, demanding that folks be released, people be treated fairly, Um, so just an interesting note there. NJUC calls for immediate mass releases of prisoners as the only safe response to the COVID-19 crisis in California prisons, prioritizing elderly and immunocompromised prisoners as well as prisoners whose sentences are almost over. Courtney Morris and Richard Tan can be reached on Facebook and Instagram at NoJusticeUnderCapitalism. Very informative article. Um, Again, please do check out and support the SF Bayview. You can find them online, sfbayview.com. okay. Oh, goodness. Oh, I'm clicking through these. (laughs) Lots to share here. So there's apparently an antitrust lawsuit against Facebook, so that's good. And this is uh, New York AG Letitia James explaining the sweeping antitrust lawsuit against Facebook. So this is from The Recount. You can follow them on Twitter. And this is from December 9th, so it's about a minute long. Let's uh, hear this.
10: For nearly a decade, Facebook has used its dominance and monopoly power to crush smaller rivals and snuff out competition, all at the expense of everyday users. By using its vast troves of data and money, Facebook has squashed or hindered what the company perceived as potential threats. They've reduced choices for consumers They stifled innovation, and they degraded privacy protections for millions of Americans. In an effort to maintain its market dominance in social networking, Facebook has employed a buy or bury strategy to impede competing services. First, Facebook used vast amounts of money to acquire smaller rivals and potential rivals before they could threaten the company's dominance for nearly a decade facebook has used its do- all
2: right then it starts over again so again you can find that uh, shared by the recount um you can follow them at the recount on twitter so zephyr teach out you can follow on twitter at zephyr teach out uh, absolutely groundbreaking lawsuit led by at New York State AG, 48 states suing to break up Facebook for buying and burying illegally, acquiring competitors in a predatory manner, and cutting services to smaller competitive threats. And of course, there's many other reasons to also be angry at Facebook and just letting hate speech be on there, letting lies about uh, COVID-19 and just horrific, horrific images on there. Also, the real name policy, selling people's data, aligning with law enforcement. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, the advertising. I mean, there's just a lot of... fuck. Mark Zuckerberg also just... I mean, just fu- like pushing white supremacy on there. There's just so many reasons Facebook's pretty fucking evil, so I applaud the uh, lawsuit against Facebook. All right, next up. Dun-dun-dun. Okay, um, this happened just to be... Next up in the tabs, got a lot of tabs open here. This is from Media Alliance, and Media Alliance is one of the organizations that support Mutiny Radio. Hey, here's a time to plug the station, Mutiny Radio. We have uh, shows here every day of the week. You can do a show of your own. Go to mutinyradio.fm, get in touch, and you can do a a show here of your own. It's really great. And also, if you want to support this show in particular, we have a Patreon up on our webpage, weeklyrev.org. I'm looking for folks to. uh, donate anywhere from like one five bucks a month it would make a huge difference um i come here every week uh, it means a lot to me to know that folks are listening and taking this in so please do if you're able go to weeklyrev.org and click on our patreon link thank you thank you and thanks to the folks who donate already uh this is from media alliance you can follow them at uh at t-w-r-l-i-n-g gizmodo rescinded ring this is from fight for the future Thank you, Gizmodo, for protecting communities across the country and acknowledging the importance of weighing social impact in product reviews. Hashtag Resend Ring. So, Gizmodo, they have a screen cap here from December 8th update. This guide previously suggested Ring products. As a rule, we do not feel comfortable suggesting those products to readers and apologize for this oversight. You can learn more about our feelings on Ring here, and they provide a link as well. And let's see here if we can uh, find more information here. Scrolling down, you can follow at G-I-Z-M-O-D-O. This might take a moment for me to uh, get to. So please do bear with us and thanks so much for listening in. Lots of news items here and we'll be getting to some more later on in the program. Okay, this is gonna take a little bit longer than I had hoped. So, but there's still that part of me that's like, oh, just one more, one moment. I'm sure it's just right, right there, right there. Nope, nope. Okay. So, I think, (laughs) i'm so close so close okay so i'm gonna go look for some more information in the meantime i'm gonna play a couple songs and then we'll be back in just a bit and uh, this song is called state house it's a man's world by u.s girls
0: (laughs)
11: Hey. <laughs> one that must make changes. No one else can do it if you don't. Surely you have noticed things are changing. I can't do it.
2: Weekly review at pretty mellow a song called Sister by Caribou. Before that, we heard Discharge with Fight Back, the 2020 remaster. And before that, Oliver Elf Army with Nugent. And before that, US Girls with the State House. It's a man's world. Found some more information on the story we were just talking about with Ring, and this comes from Common Dreams. You can find this at CommonDreams.org. A threat to both society and consumers. New campaign urges reviewers to stop recommending Amazon doorbell cameras. Ignoring the broader societal impact of a product does not make your review neutral. It makes it reckless and incomplete. This is written by Kenny Stancil, the staff writer for Common Dreams. And this came out on December 8th. A coalition of more than 15 consumer protection, civil liberties, and civil rights groups on Tuesday launched a new campaign Technology review websites to rescind or suspend the recommendations of Amazon Ring doorbell cameras, a product that critics say is detrimental to the well being of families, communities, and democracy. The rescind ring effort seeks to persuade product reviewers to consider the overall impact of a product on society at large, in addition to the value to consumers and their assessment. Organizers explained in a statement ignoring the broader societal impact of a product does not make your view neutral. Review neutral. It makes it reckless and incomplete, said Evan Greer, Deputy Director of Fight for the Future, which is leading the push alongside the Action Center on Race and the Economy, Demand Progress, and the Surveillance Technology Oversight Project, among others. The groups plan to mobilize thousands of supporters to pressure CNET, Consumer Reports, Digital Trends, Gizmodo, TechRadar, and Tom's Guide, websites targeted for their best-in-category ring recommendations made in the past year, to rescind their endorsement and update relevant guides before the holidays. The campaign also targets Wirecutter, which suspended their ring review last December, but is in the process of reviewing the camera for a possible reversal of suspension. Because we know these recommendations play a critical role in purchasing decisions people make during the holidays, Greer said. It's important reviewers should um, uphold their commitment to consumers and the trust the public puts in their endorsements by withdrawing or suspending their Ring recommendation. Product review sites would not recommend, for example, stalkerware apps used by abusers to track their spouses. They shouldn't recommend harmful products like Ring either, Greer added, adding According to the progressive organizations behind the campaign, Amazon Ring cameras threaten both society and consumers. Campaigners say the cameras have poor security features, leaving consumers vulnerable to hacks and leaks. In addition, Amazon last month recalled 350,000 Ring doorbells after some of the surveillance devices caught fire. Uh, which watchdogs called the latest example of the tech giant moving too quickly and being reckless with security and safety in order to flood our communities with cameras. Beyond the obvious privacy issues, Ring has a terrible track record when it comes to security, even for the users who buy them. Noted, fight for the future chief's Te- futures chief technical officer Ken Mickles. High-profile incidents where Ring cameras were hacked and used to spy on children, forced the company to make some improvements. But from a technical perspective, it's just a bad idea to fill your home with internet-connected devices capable of constantly watching and listening. Mickels continued, I'd never trust one of these devices on my front door or around my kids. Moreover, the groups argue that partnerships between Amazon and police departments nationwide challenge fundamental basic liberties, violate sacred privacy rights, and, along with the Neighbors app, foster racial profiling and increase criminalization of black and brown people. Amazon Ring cameras are dangerous, not just for the people who buy them, but for their neighbors, their communities, and society as a whole, said Greer. Amazon's monopoly power and aggressive pursuit of surveillance partnerships with police set them apart from their competitors. Collaboration between the tech giant and law enforcement agencies can exacerbate Racist targeting, the campaign said, which is especially worrisome when coupled with the fact that over a third of all police killings in the U.S. since 2015 can be attributed to about half of the roughly 1,400 police departments partnered with Amazon. Tech blogs can't say Black Lives Matter and then give five star ratings to products that exacerbate racism, Grew noted. She alluded to a case this summer in which a man was killed by sheriffs in a Ring-related incident. They asked how many people have to be jailed or killed before tech reviewers realize Ring is not safe for anyone. Review sites, Nichols concluded, are putting their credibility at risk by continuing to recommend these products. Wow, this was really informative. I'm going to share this right now. And also I'll be sharing the articles we went through today on the show on our webpage. You can find that at weeklyrev.org. Try to share resources. So if you want to share them online with your communities and with people, um, that's a good place to find them. And they should be up by the end of the day or so. So keep this posted. All right. Whew. All right. Deep breath. Yeah, got some more news. Okay. This comes from um, – it's about two minutes. It's from Medea Benjamin, who is from Code Pink, which is an anti-war organization, and talking about how uh, – <laughs> President-elect Joe Biden picking Lloyd Austin as defense secretary. And this is just about how it really should be about people's uh, policies and not uh, identities in terms of who is part of the, the cabinet. I think she'll explain it much better than I. So this You can find this also um, from Status Coup on Twitter. They have a link to the full interview as well.
12: In that regard, at first it was considered that Michelle Flournoy was a shoe-in. And there, uh, there were many different women Oops. this would be to break the glass ceiling. There, uh, there were many different women who were celebrating how wonderful this would be to break the glass ceiling. I have a woman as the first head of the uh, Secretary of Defense. And it's ridiculous when you had a woman who was just the epitome of everything wrong with the military industrial complex, from her sitting on the board of defense contractors to her creating these uh, Warhawk think tanks that get money from the weapons industry uh, to her positions on supporting every single war the U.S. has been in post 9-11, uh, as well as her writings about how the U.S. has the right to unilaterally uh, intervene in any country around the world if we feel that they have key resources or markets that we need. Um, and then the Black Caucus came out and said, no, 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 we think that it should be a Black Secretary of Defense. That's more important than a woman. And, uh, and that went on for uh, the last week with the clamor from uh, within the Black Caucus. And as you said, in the end, who cares Uh, It is not about gender and it's not about color, it's about positions. And we feel that all the positions that were being discussed in the Biden transition team were not people that we supported for this. Uh, So it's because all we could do is mount a campaign against this one and mount a campaign against the other one. Uh, But when you're not given any options that are really things you can be for, um, that makes it very difficult. And then he nominated Anthony Blinken for Secretary of State very early on. Uh, and we knew that was coming because Anthony Blinken has been with him for decades. Uh, so it wasn't possible for us to mount any kind of opposition to that. But there are so far...
2: Okay, so that's a bit of the conversation. There's a full interview, and they provide a link too as well. I'm going to click on that just to see if there's more information. And the argument, of course, is that... Uh, it doesn't. I mean, if someone's doing the bombing, it doesn't matter who's doing the bombing. Just needs to stop. That makes sense. There. Are, I feel like it's. I've heard it. Uh, uh <laughs> in other other ways as well. So there's a video on YouTube that this comes from that you can find, and perhaps will, might provide more context. I think that'll be helpful. Uh, Biden picks Raytheon board member as defense secretary, and Code Pink's Matia Benjamin reacts. So. You can find that. We'll post a link to that as well on our webpage. All right. I'm going through all these news articles here and sharing information. There's also uh, a COVID-19 data tracker whose home was raided by law enforcement in Florida. We live in a totally normal country, don't we? So... Uh, This is her speaking on on CNN. try not to share too much from CNN, but I do want to share her perspective and her voice. Rebecca Jones is her name. and You can follow her at G-E-O Rebecca, and that's R-E-B-E-K-A-H. And let's share this here. It's just 11 seconds. Uh, I guess a victory. Can you tell? And got some other stuff playing. Going to turn that down and turn this up. All right. Let's start from the beginning.
5: DeSantis needs to worry less about what I'm writing about and more about the people who are sick and dying in a state and doing this to me will not stop
12: me from reporting the data.
2: Oh, and there we go. Uh, Very well said. uh, So yeah, that's that's a lot. Ooh, we've got some more news stories here. These are a bit, are certainly difficult to get through, but I do feel like it's important to share. I'll do one more, and then I think I'll take another music break because it's a lot. It's a lot to acknowledge all that's happening. And again, this is only just a small, tiny percentage of what is happening. So this comes from the Oakland side. Alameda County Jails handed 44 people over to ICE in 2019. Immigration arrests at Santa Rita Jail are down, but county officials and advocates say the sheriff's cooperation with ICE should end. This was written by Darwin Bond Graham. came out on December 9th, again, for the Oakland side. The Alameda County Sheriff's Office continues to allow ICE agents into Santa Rita Jail to arrest undocumented immigrants on civil immigration charges, according to information presented Tuesday at a County Board of Supervisors meeting. Assistant Sheriff Tom Madigan defended the practice and said that all of ICE arrestees at county jails in 2019, blah, 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 blah. I can't fucking listen to anyone who would defend the practice of giving folks over to ICE. And moving down, uh, immigration advocates say that Sheriff's Office isn't required to co- op- cooperate with ICE, that it's one of the last few law enforcement agencies in the Bay Area to do so, and that, the, that deportations break up families and unfairly punish people who have already served a sentence in prison or jail for a pr- criminal conviction. Tuesday's hearing about ICE activities at the jail was mandatory under AB 2792, a bill written by Oakland Assembly member... Rob Bonta, that bill known as the Truth Act requires law enforcement agencies to publicly disclose every year how many people they handed over to immigration agents for deportation. Madigan told the supervisors that in 2019, the Sheriff's Office was contacted 392 times by ICE regarding jail detainees. The Sheriff's Office gave ICE advance notice of the release dates and times for 44 people who were arrested on jail property immediately following their release. He defended the decision to cooperate with ICE ugh ugh, ugh. okay and the article shares more information as well ugh. i'm gonna scroll down here and it's 2019 saw the last the lowest number of people arrested by ice at alameda county jails over the past seven years in 2014 120 people were handed over to the immigration agent's by the sheriff, that increased to a high of 386 in 2017. And then uh, in 2020, ICE has contacted the sheriff's staff. About 267 people held in Santa Rita Jail. And the sheriff has responded to help ICE arrest eight people on immigration charges. It's fucking disgusting. All of this for an imaginary border. So Disgusting. All right, there's more information here at the website, uh, oaklandside.org. And again, this article is written by Darwin Bond Graham. I'm going to take a break, I'm going to drink some water, uh, play some music, and we'll be back in a bit.
10: The planet is stressed The people are
11: in the rest Cause some know way too much But most don't know enough That's fucked
0: up the balance The future in life We're still living to soon Yeah.
11: It's far
0: up the balance for planning distress the people. Have- Up the balance The rich just keep getting fatter
13: Open the pit up. Open the pit up.
14: Don't fuck up my braid up. Don't fuck up my braid up. We
13: fly like an alien, light up the stadium.
14: We bout to kill him. We about to kill her, I cannot wait for you. I cannot wait for Get you. Back to the skeleton. We pick a side, side. no lies, cut ties, no genocide, we yeah. the future, with the future, we'll be televised, Damn, no right. peace signs, homie, cut the power out, when up. the youth's in the building, it's a power out, we're the new generation, we gon' keep it moving. Let's go. the oh. flag on the head, Ooh. it's a revolution, well, put out your camera on, so we ain't die in a day. We gon' handle this. Nah. Lonely, the chief, we got stamina. Go. Don't fuck with my tribe or my savages. Been yeah. the gut of the beast, we're notorious. Put it in the code, you think they're the body. That's protect with a bullet on my neck, with my face in the mud of a warrior. Fuck, <laughs> shit. Put the lights on the line like war.
13: Red coffins. I need a hundred more warriors. I need a hundred red dresses. I need a hundred more horses. We need resurgence, we don't need lawyers. How can we feast off these government portions? We will not leave until they come force. We don't want peace. What the fuck? Shit. Put
14: the lights on the line like war. Shit, everybody savage if you're pushing up Indigenous and dangerous Trump's back with us, fight the power I'm on my run DMC shit Yo, mama raised a ranger And my granny prayer DJ, I was made for this shit in my rear view. Goddamn one time, shit, I feel like ice cube. I can walk a mile in my moccasin boots. I'm marching in and tell the truth. I only feel creator. my mama dukes. Bless the child, I can lead the way, cause around my way, there's no church on Sunday. Every day I pray until my dying days. the one thing will never change. I'm
0: brave to the grave.
14: shit. Put the lies on the line like war. shit. Fuck 12 plans.
11: still lynched in America and what happens when they die when he begged for his mother to save him was he resisting arrest when he cried and how does the lynch mob roam free when we already know who they are the men who murdered George Floyd and then drove off in their police cars to live with such savage injustice With every new day the earth turns, I'm left with no reason to wonder as I watch Minneapolis burn. Are people still lynched in America? How many just in the past weeks? From Georgia to Minnesota, as the pandemic spikes and peaks, did you see him pinned down for eight minutes? Did you see the knee on his neck? Did you see the police station on fire? Did you smell the smoldering wreck? As the National Guard marches in, watch the wheels of history churn in the land of Philando Castile, as we watch Minneapolis burn. Are people still lynched in America? And do the poor still die of disease? Are the prisons still full of debtors? Do bodies still hang from the trees? Do the workers still live by the highways, still struggle to come up with rent? Do families still get evicted when the last of their credit is spent? Do you see all the people who just had to find out what might there be left to learn? from the flames that rise from the target as we watch Minneapolis burn. Are people still lynched in America? And what happens when they die? When he begged for his mother to save him, was he resisting arrest when he cried?
2: Wow, that was called as I Watched Minneapolis Burn by David Rovix. Uh, before that, we heard The Suicide Machines with Anarchist Wedding. Before that, Snotty Nose Res Kids with Cops With Guns Are the Worst. And uh, before that, song I really liked, uh, Nick Angelus with The Balance. Very relatable. Wow. All right. We've got about 20 minutes or so left of the show. Um, right now I am sharing the articles on our webpage. My voice is feeling like I've given out a little bit, and also my heart as well. I did want to share another GoFundMe that folks can contribute to. This is the Bay Area Freedom Collective Reentry House, and we'll be providing a link to this on our website, weeklyrev.org. Dear community, greetings from the Bay Area Freedom Collective. Though it has been a tough season for all of us, we are really excited to share some good news and exciting opportunities for our community. If you are not yet part of the BAFC community, feel free to learn more about our mission values and they provide links, uh, Facebook, Patreon, another link as well. BAFC is a grassroots reentry support community and mutual aid network organized by and for formerly incarcerated people and community members from all walks of life. Our mission is to ensure that community members returning from prison are connected to the resources and support they need to be safe, healthy, and empowered to rebuild their lives. In the past several months, we have done multiple gate pickups, trained community members in re-entry support, hosted several community building events, assisted many individuals in obtaining official identification, celebrated 100% employment among our formerly incarcerated community members, and organized direct support teams for recently released individuals. And now for our biggest piece of news, we bought a house! Thanks to the dedication of many of our community members, the beautiful house in this picture, and they provide a picture, uh, became ours on October 26th to be used as a community re-entry house. Read more. Oh, nice. They have a nice photo there. For many of us who have experienced incarceration, prison is a quote-unquote big house. In that big house, we take care of each other when we get sick, share our pain when we are down, and defend each other when acts of violence, discrimination, and systemic oppression are forced on us we have a new vision for our reentry house. We want this house to be a place of freedom, diversity and tolerance where people can rebuild their lives after incarceration and find shelter from a judgmental world. Specifically, we want this house to be a safe place where eight formerly incarcerated community members can live for up to a year rent free. We wanna build a strong community within this house where residents will support each other. And we also want to build a strong community around this house that will support residents during a critical phase of their reentry helping them find jobs, learn new skills, and gather the resources they need to move on and succeed. Without a strong community of volunteers caring for this house and its residents, the house will only be an empty shell. We are reaching out to you, our community, to ask you to collaborate with us on this dream. There are a variety of ways for you to get involved. We need donations to cover operating costs of $2,500 per month for the next 12 months. This will cover utilities, property taxes, and provide housing security for recently released community members. We are operating as an informal collective and not as a nonprofit or a government program because we don't wanna take funding from sources that will impose restrictive rules on our community and our formerly incarcerated members. We believe in coming together as a community of volunteers to cover these overhead costs collectively. We also need furniture, appliances, and other things to make this house feel like home. So far we have some beds and chairs, but we need more furniture for the bedrooms and common areas. We also need appliances, including a TV, refrigerator, and other kitchen supplies. Since this house will include an office, we need computers and other office supplies as well. If you or someone you know can donate these things, please let us know. Finally, we need our wonderful community members to keep showing up volunteering. Even if donating isn't a possibility for you at this time, you can help us build a stronger collective by showing up and getting involved. We invite you to attend our meetings and events, share your ideas, your networks, and your skills, and pitch in your time and energy to support our formerly incarcerated community members in their re-entry. In gratitude and solidarity, Bay Area Freedom Collective. Very cool. So I'm going to post... Ah! Microphone. Microphone. Ah, <laughs> it's probably it sounds a lot more dramatic than it was. The mic stand came out of the holder here. Let's see. So this is like it sounds like really awesome, and they're well on their way to raising funds. And again, if you are able to um, donate, that would be great. Bay Area Freedom Collective Reentry House on GoFundMe, and I'm also going to provide a link on our page. So, if you go to weeklyrev.org, at the I'm going to for today's date, I will provide a link where you can access this information. And please do share it with your networks. This sounds really awesome. And also, um, I, I just appreciate that there's a, a reminder that there are so many ways that folks can contribute. Even if you aren't able to donate money, you can still maybe give some items. Maybe you have a, a wide social network. You can share it with folks. A lot of ways to show up. All right. Whew. All right. Wow, this show went, wow. It went fast in a way. There's just, and of course, this is just, uh, there's so much to get to, and this is a, only a snippet of what we're aware of, or what I'm aware of. You know, I try to use the we, the, the language of we, that's in the us, and then also recognize I'm the person here doing it, so... From Reddit, there's an article. Uh, I'll just share the headline: Colombian environmental official assassinated. Two hundred eighty-four environmental leaders and land defenders have been killed in the country so far during 2020. Holy shit, I had no idea. And I know during the, during this show in the past, we've spoken about the just environmental activists who have been targeted, and in South and Central America, and also here in the United States. When we think of uh, st- folks that who are. At Standing Rock, and just folks who are just defending the earth. It should be, again, uh, a no brainer. And, and instead, all this violence is uh, projected and focused on people who are trying to help humanity, help the world, help animals. And it's just fucking ridiculous. Oh, goodness. So, I don't have it in me. Also, just gonna recognize I don't have it in me to read this article right now aloud. So, I will provide a link on our webpage. And the title is Colombian Environmental Official Assassinated in Southern Meta Department, M E T E A, is how it's spelled. So I'm going to put this down here. Oh, goodness. It's just, oof. It's, it's a lot, for sure. Also, um, just did want to share the news of Brendan Bernard, who was executed. Really fucked up. There's no reason this had to happen. Um, the jurors who sentenced him didn't think he should die. Th- There's just so many more folks, so many people were calling for him. He had a clemency petition, and there are so many folks who were <sighs> pushing for him to live. He was arrested when he was a teen, and sentenced to death by a nearly all-white jury, and some of whom changed their minds um, about the the punishment after learning more information about the case. And this is just one example of how often this happens in this country. Uh. And he grew up in an abusive household. His father was abusive. Uh. I did want to share Brandon's words here. There's also more information. There's a piece on Huffington Post um, with more information, but I did want to share Brandon's words, and these are Uh, shared on Twitter. So I'm gonna share that now. This was shared by VMN Files uh, who says, I want everyone on my timeline to watch this video right now. Remember his words. Honor him. Keep fighting, please.
15: I'm locked up in my room 23 hours a day. That's been 17 years I have learned to entertain myself to keep myself um, motivated and, and I've done all kinds of things I, I read a lot and I do crochet blankets and scarves and I do hats all kinds of things it, just, it just feels good to create I do I practice the guitar. I feel like I'm getting better, but that's that's up for debate. But I keep doing it. And um, I also I write and it's just I don't I've taken a couple of college courses, writing course and stuff like that, in order to just motivate myself to just change. You know, I don't have to be stagnant because I'm in here. I can, I can always improve on myself. Maybe not as much as people in the world can, but still, there's an opportunity to improve yourself. And for that, I have to take for those that believe in me out in the world and for myself. And in being in here, one thing I have learned is that I have to do things for myself. When you try to do things for others, to try to appease others, it, it just, it's not natural. And I feel like I've learned that these improvements I need to do for myself. So then they hold and they stand to the test of time.
2: <sighs> we'll, uh, we'll share this video on our website and dig a Moment of silence for Brendan Bernard as well as all folks who have had their lives taken Sometimes I feel if I were to take a, a moment of silence for all folks who have been harmed by uh, systemic violence here in the United States, uh, there would be no show. It would just be two hours of silence every day. Because this is just, even with the folks that we know about, it still seems unending. And not just the folks who are whose lives are taken, but their family members, their loved ones. It's difficult enough to be alive. And then when you have a a loved one taken from you, how fucking cruel is that? In some pauses today I'm thinking about that. Thinking about it, people who gave their lives so we could be here, folks who are fighting on behalf of everyone, on behalf of humanity. Wanting to appreciate that and honor that who are not here to see all the all the good they did. And I get that thinking about his words and not doing things because other people tell you to. And what type of world would that be if we if we had that? How many people are in jobs that cause great harm? Weapons manufacturers? Gotta go to the uh, the cops again. Folks who whose jobs it is to, to oppress others, evict people from their homes, to kill people, to arrest people, separate families, all because someone else tells them to. I often think of revenge a lot because just acknowledging this is the world that we live in and have lived in and all the harm that continues to be caused. Of course, that's a place my mind goes sometimes. And I also think of like best case scenario is that the folks who are committing this harm decide to stop, acknowledge what they've done is wrong, and ensure it never happens again. Now that's the best case scenario. It might be unlikely, but when I want to speak things into existence, I want to speak into militarized forces quitting what they're doing. And everyone spending their time through health and healing and helping each other, taking care of the the planet, taking care of each other, taking care of themselves. At times it feels like the the world's too far gone. Done so much, There's been so much pollution. But again, it's... These large corporations who are responsible for the majority of the pollution. Coca Cola, for instance, and all their the plastic they've created. Or the US military. Number one polluter in the in the world. And so I think as an in, as individuals we think, Oh, I should recycle this, I should do this and I think a lot of us are very hard on ourselves. We we care too much in a way. When in reality, there are these, and not, not that our actions don't matter, but I think the larger picture is that there are these very big companies and corporations. There's giants like Amazon, for instance, with, um, don't get me even into <laughs> lack of worker protections, but of all of the, the pollution and harm that these big companies and these people with billions of dollars are causing, and there are so many more of us than there are of them. And it's about coming together. And if they can't learn it on their own, then we have to teach them. However that might look. Okay. It's one forty four here. I think it's about time to pack up and head out. Again, you can find more information at weeklyrev.org. If anything I've said has been inspiring to you at all, please consider being a Patreon Patron. Patreon.com forward slash WeeklyRev. Also message me. You me as well. Uh, at roman Rhymer. And here's the last song I had selected ahead of time. I haven't heard it yet. It's called Empire by Ziggy Remo. And, oh, excuse me, Ziggy Ramo, R-A-M-O. And I'll be providing a link uh, to the playlist as well on our website, weeklyrev.org. I hope everyone has a, a restful week, healing week, lots of healing. Here's healing for everybody. Take care.
15: An Australian boxer's in trouble for wearing a t-shirt bearing the Aboriginal flag into the ring for his first Olympic fight. Will Damien Hooper be punished by our team officials?
2: Yes, Australia's team officials say they will counsel Damien Hooper against wearing the t-shirt and they have reported
0: the incident to the IOC.
13: Empire, we an empire. Rome is falling, Babylon too. Aboriginal still here, that's true. We an empire, empire, we an empire, 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 we an empire. Rome is falling, Babylon too. But Aboriginal still here, that's true. Uh. Don't box me as a conscious rapper. If you want to label me, call me a natural disaster. I'ma take hands and rip shreds off any actor. Lad in the lab, I'm a chemical reactor. Matter of fact, I've had enough of all the chatter. So in the ladder, let me clear all the clatter. Let's get down to business of what really matters. Black lives splatter, all up on the alpha. No ain't nothing new, we got nothing to prove. 50,000 years of proof, we do what I do. And to you choose to move our artifacts, fuck it, I'm bringing it back. I'm proud to be black Proud of the fact We're the oldest people On the map And they try to move Our history How fucked up is that White tree, White white lies And the hope the globe Don't realize It's a privilege To have our ties We an empire So just hold your hand high We survive Now we thrive We got nothing to hide It's black pride Black lives, But this country We got black ties So you know That you come from A long line Empire Empire We an empire 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 We an empire Rome is falling Babylon too, Aboriginal still here, that's true We an empire, empire, we an empire, empire Empire, we an empire, Rome is falling Babylon too, but Aboriginal still here, that's true Sheesh me is scary. Educated black man, I'm a visionary. We rarely vary when they cherry pick out our heights and the very, on the contrary, is very necessary to answer arbitrary questions that they bury and the hopes that they can still carry on the swarry hysteria. Hysteria, I got them throwing hail marys, but beware, we gon' be singing swing low, sweet cherry. Yeah, I will never stop till we reclaim the top spot. What I plot, got these enemies on the trot. They order derive right for what they got, tryna pull up a revenge and my mascot, so we've been through it all from the summer to the fall. But no matter what, we always stand tall. We an empire, so just hold your head high. We survive, now we thrive. We got nothing to hide. It's Black Pride, Black Lives for this country. We got Black ties, so you know that you come from a long line. Empire, empire, we an empire. Empire, empire, we an empire. Rome is fallen, Babylon too. Aboriginals still here, that's true, we an empire, empire, we an empire, 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 we an empire, Rome is falling, let it burn, let it burn, let it burn, let it burn, I said Rome is falling. (laughs) you <laughs>
0: filter bubbles before social media. You are kidding. Every single newspaper
1: tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts are ye on a raft without a pattern well gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm from there you can captain your own pirate ship
8: and the world around you at BuckskinRevolution.com. Billy Bob,
1: you ever want to be funny? Well, my
13: dogs think I'm funny, Daryl.
1: Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience, like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh,
11: shoot. From time to time, I've been
1: giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples
9: so you're saying i could tell my jokes every monday from six to eight
1: that's what i'm saying it's the joke workshop mondays six to eight p.m. at the mutant radius
0: Yahoo!
8: hey you poetry reader this is bjork's sister mjork it's okay
11: I'm Michael Spiegelman,
14: and I am Carl Not Spiegelman.
11: Join us every Sunday, two to four p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We watch the best movies. That uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen. By uh, here's you. his theme song again. Bye.
0: Okay. Bye. Watch. Uh-huh.